the EDP. Weird Norfolk with Shifra Connor, Stacia Briggs and Richard Fair. So today is a kind of, um, I guess, a pre-episode. <laughs> um, to a prequel. A prequel. To something we haven't done yet. Yeah, yeah, to something that hasn't happened yet. What it has happened a few weeks ago. Um, I did an interview um, at the Salem Witch Museum um, to ask them about Bridget Bishop and Mary Oliver, who were both women from Norwich who ended up in Salem, and their lives were inter- intertwined basically. And it was it's really interesting. So today we thought we'd have a little bit of a mooch around the city and kind of visit places where they, you know, they would have been. Um, and our starting point today is St Andrew's Church, which is where Mary Oliver. Um, well, she was Mary um, Mary Lehman. She married Thomas Oliver. Um, she married him here in 1626. Um, when I came back from Salem and I walked past here for the first time, I was like, I felt really, really emotional because I I just learned so much about these women and uh, the fact that they, you know, she was in here. Mary Oliver was in here. It made me feel really funny. It is now. It's making me feel like, I don't know, I feel really close to her. Um, so it's, a, it's a church you'd walk past all the time because it's opposite St Andrew's Hall. It's on um, Bridewell Alley, opposite the Bridewell, isn't it? It's kind, it's bizarrely, it's kind of one of those churches that's really easy to walk past, yeah, isn't it? You forget it's there because yeah. you walk past it so often. And obviously the, um, the Bridewell Museum building is so amazing. Mm. And then you kind of... You're too busy looking back at that building as you walk past. You just don't even notice it's kind of it. It's sandwiched. It's the, it's, yeah. the, it's the filling between St Andrew's Hall and the Guildhall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Mary Oliver, she married Thomas um, here. Um, they had some children. And um, in 1637, like many um, people, they decided to move to the new lands. And they, they went to America. Um, that must have been quite a decision. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we're going to America. That's it. Pack yeah. your bags. We're going to yeah, America. Of all the places to go, I think Charles the First had made it so difficult for Puritans that that, that they kind of saw they'd had no choice. Yeah. And I mean, that that voyage was pretty horrific, yeah, and, wasn't and it? Also, they had. Um, I'm not sure how many children that they had off the top of my head, but I think it was by this by the point they moved, they had a, maybe three. three. And they had a, a servant that they took with them as well. Um, they they, they travelled um, from Ipswich, um, but on a Yarmouth boat. So I don't know why it was easier for them to go to Ipswich to travel than Yarmouth. But anyway, that's what they did. And they, um, they listed their destination as Salem. Well, we all know uh, what happened yeah, in Salem. Well, yeah. <laughs> there was some kind of suggestion that although... They were good Puritans and they were keen to live somewhere that kind of embraced the lifestyle they wanted. There was also a little bit of a suggestion that they might have to leave Norwich because Mary couldn't really keep her mouth shut and had alienated. Yeah, she was a strong woman at a time when strong women were not encouraged. So I guess that would have been part of the decision, wouldn't it? Like just start afresh, completely new. But why? I'm, I'm still, and you probably don't know the answer to this. Why? Why Salem? I mean, was there some sort of Salem tourist board <laughs> set up in? Yeah, come to Salem. Come I to Salem. I don't yeah, actually why? No, because they will have landed in Boston, yeah. and 
you know, of Salem's about half an hour on a train away from... I think that Roger Williams was in Salem, wasn't he? Yeah, and Roger so Williams he, was... Yeah, he was the minister for yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, although, basically, Salem took him... Which, I, considering what happened in Salem, I thought it was really interesting. They, they wanted him to be their minister, or whatever it was, even though he had such, like, strong views. So Roger Williams, um, he, he basically thought, this, you know, there should be religious freedom, and, and Mary agreed with him. Um, he, he was an extreme Puritan, wasn't yeah, he? So yeah. he, he didn't think that the Boston church that most people were worshipping with was, was extreme enough. So he went to Salem and they were like, yeah, come, come yeah. minister to us. And then the people in Boston were like, <laughs> no. Yeah. And they told Salem to get rid of him, at which point he went and lived with an indigenous tribe mm. for quite a long time. <laughs> yes. Wow. Nobody. Yeah. Only, it was. It seems only the Olivers and liked Roger Williams and Indigenous tribes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> to see where the the kind of the story starts. Um, where Mary, you know, met her, married her husband, who turned out to be not a very nice man. Mm. It would seem. So they were in Salem for fifteen or so years. Went in thirty-seven. And then came back in the 50s, 1650s, didn't they? 1649-ish. So 10 years-ish? Yeah, Yeah, so not long. And she was as... Considering how long it takes to get there and back. Yeah. She was as outspoken in Salem as she was in Norwich, wasn't she? So that didn't... Possibly that plan for a new start didn't quite work out. Did they return with their children or not? No, I don't think they did. I think they left their children there. So we're going to move from St Andrews, we're going into town, yeah, the Guildhall we'll go next. Yeah, we to Guildhall next. For the next part of yeah. the story. A sadder part of the story. So we've walked back into the city, we're at uh, the Guildhall now. Mm. So what happened here? So um, in 1649, the Olivers um, moved back to Britain because Mary had caused a little, little bit of a, a stink over there. She wasn't well liked, um, basically because she was um, very, very supportive of a guy called Roger Williams, who was all for separating the church and the state. He was really supportive of the indigenous people. Um, he didn't think that they should be robbed of their land, basically. Obviously, that didn't go too well with the, the newcomers in, uh, in New England. And Mary Oliver totally agreed with him. And she was, it sounds like, a very outgoing and quite outspoken woman. And she made her feelings known on the matter. <laughs> so she was um, banished from Salem. <laughs> So they came back here. Um, So that was in 1649. Well, around 1649. We don't know the exact date. By 1659, um, there was a record of um, a Mary Oliver um, being burnt for witchcraft. And she was accused of witchcraft, um, whether it's actual witchcraft or more kind of heresy because of her religious beliefs. It's probably more likely because of her religious beliefs. Um, we, we will never know. Um, but the start of her, I guess, her trial and her, her kind of route to execution would have been here at the Guildhall. Um, she would have been kept... So, so basically at the Guildhall there was a ground floor, which there was a large hall, which was a free prison. And then down in the cellars and the crypts, there was um, 
more cells for more dangerous kind of offenders. I would imagine she would have probably have gone into the free prison because she wasn't particularly dangerous. There's no evidence that she was dangerous. Apart from a bit mouthy. It's kind of, you can still go down there today. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Massively oppressive yeah. down there, isn't it? It's yeah. way down beneath the ground. Um, the, the It would have been quite horrendous down yeah. there, wouldn't it? The, yeah. the, the way they were kept, the treatment. Yeah. And she would have been here. All witches, I think, who were tried in Norwich would have been here yeah, and heretics. So. so this is where they would have started their procession after their yeah. trial. So once she had been found guilty, she would have been led through the streets of Norwich and we'll kind of go along that route today. And, and basically, so she, before she was executed, she would be publicly humiliated. Yeah, justice seemed to be done. So she would have walked um, that path knowing where she was going knowing that she was going to her death and I can't help but like wonder what she was thinking if she was just furious with them I don't know I, I get the impression that she was quite a furious woman it was, it was <laughs> so, a time when you should when being a furious woman was a very dangerous thing wasn't it yeah. being outspoken being having really strong views was was difficult and, and she paid yeah. the price for that but in the I, end and it's like that feel, like I feel I've said a million times that I feel connected to like these, you know, women who were accused of witchcraft. But she must have been so strong to actually to actually know how dangerous it was, and yet still be very vocal about Roger Williams, and still be vocal about how the state and the church shouldn't be connected because it makes it corrupt. And you know, she, you know, it's, it was a really big she, thing for yeah, her to she do. She stood up for her principles, didn't she? And she did yeah. pay for that. But it's yeah, it's quite strange to think that she was here and. Yeah that she and what was he doing during this time well her husband yeah well it's a fascinating building anyway I mean we, we haven't got the time to go into the history of it now but it's yeah. been so many things to the city mm. this guild yeah. hall hasn't it yeah I mean it's been the jail it's been the, the council chambers yeah. at one time market traders paid yeah. their taxes here didn't they it was a fire station or yeah yeah, yeah it was a fire station at one time yeah, yeah. So. and now a cafe now a cafe. Now a cafe. That's progress, yeah. I feel. <laughs> and just as we were walking around the corner, you spotted that. that what's this on the corner here? So what was this? Yeah, a ring which is attached to the wall, which is kind of opposite St. Peter Mancroft in sight of, of City Hall and the market. And that's where prisoners were tied to when they were awaiting kind of trial or if they were just a kind of a lesser offence, they would be... Chained like here, then, a little bit like, like the stars, but they'd be there on a chain. There's two of them that still survive, and um, yeah, pelted with things and just humiliated, basically here. I think humiliation was like a massive thing then, wasn't it? Like, can't be a bit of humiliation, no. can you? No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I went on a tour the other day, and they kind of pointed out different bits of of, of the guild hall, you know. And again, absolutely amazing facade with the flint and the packed in tiny bits of flint. It is, it is a beautiful building, albeit one with a kind of dark history. So we, we've come down Cathedral Close and we're standing at the site of the 12th century church of St Mary in the Marsh, which was demolished in 1775. Before they demolished it, what happened here? So this is kind of relevant to our story because this is where Bridget Playfair marries Samuel Wasselby. Bridget Playfair eventually became Bridget Bishop, who was the first woman to be executed as, executed as part of the Salem witchcraft trials. Um, which I, I just, I can't believe that we've got such a 
important kind of link to Salem that has never been explored before. She was, you know, the first... Yeah. She was from Norwich. She was married on this site. And she was the first one. I just... It, it blows my mind. And I, I, I'm just really, really shocked that nothing's really been mentioned about it. Like, none of the history tours, like, nothing says that. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, it's the most famous witch trials of all time. Yeah. You know, uh, topping... Top by none. This is something that is kind of a shameful chapter in our yeah. history and, and Norwich is inextricably linked yeah. to that. There were only 19 weren't there? I'm not yeah, saying well, actually, only. I, found, I, kept saying, I kept thinking it was 19 but apparently it was 20, there was 19 who were hanged 20 were executed one guy was crushed by a rock and he was crushed because basically he wouldn't own up to witchcraft because if he did that meant that the state got his land so he was like he wouldn't say anything and to make sure his so to make sure his children got the land he just kept saying more weight more weight and they crushed him under masses of rocks so so actually there were 20 right. in total um so how this is we've looked at Mary Oliver and Bridget Bishop is connected quite closely with Mary Oliver in that mm. she married Thomas Oliver so the Olivers came back to Norwich because um, Mary was basically banished from Salem. Um, they came back to Norwich and Mary was executed for witchcraft here in, in Norwich at Lollard's Pit. The, just after that happened, Bridget married Samuel. Thomas Oliver would have been in Norwich at that time, so he probably would have known, you know, I would imagine he would have known... Um, Bridget, they all went back to Salem. Um, Thomas was a widower, a widow. Um, is it widow or widower? Widow. Widower. Widower. Then a few years later, Bridget's first husband, husband Samuel, passed away, supposedly of witchcraft. Mm. <laughs> um, Bridget was cleared of that. Um, then she married um, Thomas. She had two children by this stage, didn't she? Yeah, she, she had, had one in Norwich. Yeah who was Benjamin, and then before her husband, or indeed, yeah, I'll, I'll put it another way, her husband died, but she was pregnant at the time with their daughter, um, so a daughter was born, but within a year of Samuel's death, both the children were, died, were dead as well, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so oh. both children had died in Salem as well. Yeah, so it wasn't looking good for Bridget, no. really. Then she married Thomas, who's obviously his first wife, was... Um, executed for witchcraft they had a very uh, interesting relationship he was 30 years her senior which is a good, like it's a good age i think he must have been in his like he must have i don't know he died at age 78 so and they married in 1666 yeah um they argued a lot they were in court um several times for domestic abuse and it, it is it from records it's quite clear that Bridget kind of gave as good as she got so although she was described as having like a black eye and things like that he was in just a bad estate so I think Bridget and Mary were quite similar women I think mm, and Tom they, yeah he obviously had a type. Of calling her husband bad names on the sabbath yeah <laughs> if you're gonna do it just don't do it on a Sunday and she was told to pay a fine or stand in the public square in penance with her husband who was also taken to court um and Oliver's daughter paid her father's fine and I take it this is Oliver's daughter by Mary by Mary 
Um, uh, but not Bridget, so she was forced to stand in shame in the middle of Salem for everyone to see. Then, so after, you know, eventually um, Thomas Oliver died in 1679 and again it was... Um, wondered if she had bewitched him to death. He Before he died, he told everybody he'd made a terrible mistake in, in marrying Bridget and that she was in league with the devil, who he said regularly came to her at night and stayed with her until dawn. Um, so he had already accused her of witchcraft yeah. after his first wife has also been accused of witchcraft. There's kind of a common theme here. Um, so, yeah, he died in April 1679. Yeah. And, and she... Bridget stood to inherit his house, his land. Having said that, most of it was owed, wasn't it, to yeah. creditors? So, in, so he accused her of witchcraft, and she was actually on trial for witchcraft in 1680. So she was on trial for witchcraft in Salem, and she was found not guilty and let go. Um, she married Edward Bishop in 1687, so... She spent seven years not married, which probably would have been a bit of a thing then as well, wouldn't it? Single mother. Um, in 1692, um, the witch trials began in January, and by June, the 2nd of June, um, 1692, sorry, Bridget was up for trial, and the 10th of June, 1692, she was hanged. And it's interesting because you say, I mean, she's, that story is not marked in any way in Norwich. No. I mean, it, it has been immortalised in a play, which probably everybody has yeah, seen or studied at school, mm. something, The Crucible, yeah. but nothing in Norwich. No. How is, this, how is there nothing in Norwich about this? It is awful. It is, I mean, and, and, you know, it's not... There is a little in Yarmouth about Rebecca Nurse yeah, and her is sister, isn't there. it? Yeah. Um, but even so, not much there either. Yeah. So you've got two places in the world that are totally linked, you know, three out of that and 20. I think we obviously had Matthew Hopkins, yeah. although not he didn't come to Norwich, I don't think, but, you know, East Anglia. So those stories of Matthew Hopkins and the travelled. witches would have travelled over. And although that was, like, kind of way done with by the point of Salem... It's almost it, a blueprint, it take, it? Yeah, it's a blueprint, you know, and those stories take time to get over. And they also would have morphed. Yeah. What happened would have morphed. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, so Bridget and Mary married the same man both ended up apparently being witches he liked a type didn't he yeah he did he liked a strong <laughs> he, woman yeah he didn't sound like a very nice man though. no i think bridget lived certainly after after his death and um, when all after oliver died um the gossip that she'd killed both her husbands was was rife wasn't it and her and his children so his her stepchildren accused her of bewitching their father to death and in the year that her second husband died she'd been accused of, of this witchcraft um, a slave had claimed, claimed her spectre Bridget's spectre had pinched him and that she'd stolen eggs and frightened horses it was really interesting um, when I was in Salem um, Jill who was one of the ladies I interviewed she used to give tours of Salem and she took me to the location of where Bridget's house would have been and it was like right opposite it was basically in the centre of Salem town, um, opposite like the courtrooms and stuff. So when she was put up for trial, she would have been like dragged from her house in front of everyone across the road. Everything would have been really close together, which was really it was, I don't know. Felt she was such a well-known person, and she was basically used to set an example 
for everyone else and then it all just snowballed from there. She ne- I mean, she, was, she owned taverns, two taverns at that well, point, didn't she? Or she ran them? No. This is one interesting thing that the women said to me at the Witch Museum. There is another Bridget Bishop, which is often confused for this Bridget. Right. Bri- so Bridget Bishop didn't own... She wasn't a salon. She didn't own any bars or anything. She had an orchard. Um, it was still pretty much in the centre of town. Mm. Um, and where the confusion is, is there was Salem Town and Salem Village. Right. And so, like, Rebecca Nurse lived at Salem Village, which is now Danvers. Um, and so stuff did happen in both Salem Town and Salem Village, but there was a Bridget Bishop in Salem Village who was a different one. Wouldn't you know? So complicated. I know. Wouldn't you know? So um, complicated. But it was really interesting to get that kind of clarification on things. And but she, again, never, never wavered, did no, she? never well, wavered, She never. never once, you know, said yes, OK, which some of them did, didn't they? I mean, and yeah, understandably. To try and save them. Or to at least save the torture. Yeah. But she said, I think her, the, her last thing she said in court was, I'm not come here to say I'm a witch. Um, and she was wearing this kind of, you can see her, can't you, this red bodice looped with laces of different colours mm. and a black cap. Um, she was accused of bewitching five young women who are, you know, famous, the famous five who mm. later rescinded every yeah. word, didn't yeah, they? they did. I mean, she, she literally kind of had no... There was no chance, was there? She had the witch's mark, which frankly could have been anything, couldn't yeah. it? And, and you know, even when she was in court, these girls who later admitted they'd made the whole thing up were writhing when she spoke mm. and saying that they were cause, that she was causing them pain then and there and that, that they'd been told to sign the devil's book. Then their men who had worked on her house said they'd found poppets with, stuck with pins. A spectre was said to have visited several men at night. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, in witchcraft terms, there was no way she was going to get out of this. I think it's really nice doing this walk around as well. Like, we're at the start of her journey to Salem here. And you hope that when she made these vows to Samuel, that she meant them and that she was happy and a new life was coming and it would have been all happiness and hope here in this place, Mm. this spot. And then, you know, you think to yourself that a couple of years earlier, her predecessor, her her next husband's first wife had mm. walked past this church yeah on her way to be burnt to be burnt yeah when she would have known about that yeah she would have known about you know, that but yeah. i guess at that point having married somebody else not realized yeah, not that really she was going to suffer know, the same fate yeah but but that that mm. but these you know two lives literally crossed at this point yeah. didn't they yeah so yeah it's quite strong stuff yeah so i think the next thing we're going to do is now Walk the walk, so we, yeah, we so were we, up at the Guildhall earlier. Yeah, so, so the route through town they would have taken to the yeah, last. Yeah, so I'm not sure of the exact route, but we what we do know is it would have gone over. They would have gone over Bishop Bridge, and then stayed overnight at Lollard's Pit as well. So we're gonna kind of we're gonna walk over Bishop's Bridge next. So we've meandered down. We didn't take the route which is most likely that um, Mary would have taken. She would have come down Bishop Gate. Um, and it said that anyone who was being burned as a heretic, which pe- people who were burned for witchcraft, it was considered heresy. So she was technically burned as a heretic. She would have walked down Bishopgate carrying the wood that she was going to be burned upon, down Bishopgate, um, along here um, and over Bishop Bridge. Um, we're just kind of at the moment standing next to the bridge because it's shady, but we will walk over it to Lollard's Pit. Um, so yeah, this is the route that she would have taken. 
And it's an amazing bridge, isn't it? How, yeah. old, how old is it? It's so one it, of the oldest in the country. It right? is, yeah. It was built in 1340. There was once a gatehouse on this bridge, and it was obviously famously crossed by Robert Kett and the rebels in 1549, and then later by Elizabeth I in 1578. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bridge that, you know, is so beautiful now, but that would have been your, your gateway to to the end really yeah, you, could, you would be able to see the pit yeah i mean now it's the pub but yeah. the pit was exactly where the pub is so yeah. you you know and, and the streets are quite likely would have been lined especially right. for someone being burned as a witch you know that was actually something that people would have come out yeah. to see so you're you're walking along you know your family and friends everyone you know the whole city would have been out along that route yeah, probably hissing at yeah, you they may have been throwing, throwing things yeah. and yeah and you know you're carrying this heavy load um what goes through your mind i mean yeah, yeah we, we're standing here now we're admiring a dragonfly and the fish and things you just wouldn't see any of that would you it's no, just, you would just what be, do you think about on that final walk hurt, i guess how long will it last it's like, i guess some people would just be resigned yeah. to it and be like but the other thing happened. is then that when she gets here it's, it's the next day. She's got to wait the night, hasn't she? Yeah, well, I, I believe that they kept them overnight in, uh, on, you know, at Lollard's Pit in kind of like a, a prison cell. So, mm. you again, again, it's that kind of humiliation and torture, isn't it? So mm. you don't just walk over the bridge and then you, you go up in flames. It's that you're having to wait another day. And yeah. it's just the more drawn out, I guess, the better. That I, I think it's important to say this is not the, the witch ducking bridge. That's Fire Bridge. Yeah which is from Tombland to Magdalen Street. Um, this, there's some suggestion there may have been, there may have been witch ducking further down, but oh. I, I think it was mainly Firebridge. And that was after James I of England in his book, his famous book, Demonology, yeah. um, believed that water was so pure that it repelled the guilty. So that's why witches floated, because they couldn't. Not because the air got caught in their petticoats. No, no, it was because it repelled the guilty. So this was not a ducking bridge. This was a bridge to your to your end. And probably and the uh, origin of the expression "damned if I do, damned if I don't" yeah. is that you know if you sank and yeah. you were innocent, you drowned yeah. and died. Yeah. And if you floated yeah. and you were a witch, you were, you were be then killed. Burn or hanged. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There is said to be a ghost here, isn't there? Yeah, there is a, a ghost um, seen carrying, carry, and and she is said to drop the wood. And if you go to help her, then you're cursed and die within a year or something like Six that. Six months by fire. Yeah. Mm, so, if, so for once, if a lady drops something, you don't race to pick up. No, just leave it be. Just leave it be, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of looked into how many witches had, you know, along with, uh, along with um, Mary, had walked along here. Figures slightly kind of scared scarce but um, what I did find is the most accusations were for bewitching people and for entertaining Satan or consulting with spirits in Norfolk which apparently the bewitching of people is actually quite rare as a witchcraft it's normally property and and cattle I suppose I don't know yeah we've got it's frustrating that we'll never know how many people walked over this bridge you know accused of witchcraft and then, I mean, the, the city in those days in itself wouldn't have been huge. So, I mean, where would these, pe- these people have lived? I mean, she probably wouldn't. She, she may even walk past her own front yeah, door. Yeah, quite you know. possibly. So, I mean, you would have got marri- married in your parish church. So, 
for Mary, it would have been around the St Andrews area, so she would have lived right, really central, somewhere along, um, what's it called? The, what's this? Bridewell Alley, in that kind of area. And for Bridget, she must have lived in view of the cathedral, mustn't she? Because she, the, the church was in the cathedral grounds, basically. So she must have lived... And, and the yeah, like you said, the, the likelihood that Mary walked past her own front, front door is probably fairly high. And she would have been a familiar face in, in the city, so all the you know, people would have known her. Mm. I, do, I do have this image of her, though, walking through. And as we know, she wasn't a quiet woman. She had opinions. And I wonder if she was sharing those opinions as she, she walked. I really hope she was. I hope she was she a bit like... Quietly. Yeah, I'm hoping that she was quite... She, she knew what was going to happen, so she was like, well, it's going to happen anyway. So I might as well say how I feel about the situation rather than kind of begging for mercy or anything like that. I kind of hope that she Just was. a dreadful way to go as well, yeah. isn't it? Just to, yeah. you know... And were there, were there any last words? Was there anything said hard, by any There's hardly any... I don't know for Bridget, but for Mary, there's like, there's, there's like three mentions of her. Um, so there was one account that just said... Death, Mary Lehman Oliver, was still in Massachusetts till 1649, confessed to witchcraft, shipped back to England in 1649, was placed in a cage outside Norwich Guildhall, burned at the stake as a witch in 1659. And then another note that says Mary Oliver burnt for witchcraft and her, go- her goods confiscated for use in- of the city. And that's it. There's, like, no other... And do we know then, once they've been burnt, what, what would happen with their remains? Do we know? In the pit. They're they're, so left. they're still there? Yeah. They're still in the So in... Over there. Yeah, she would basically still be there. Um, I, I was just reading, I was just thinking... You've just got goosebumps on your neck saying that. Yeah, you? I know, I've gone all like funny. But I was just thinking about the um, being hanged in a, in a cage outside the Guildhall. They would have normally have done that from outside the castle, wouldn't they? I think that what I showed you at yeah. what I showed you at Guildhall is where they would okay. keep people outside. So there could either be a cage there oh, that they okay. would attach to oh, the so Guildhall. I, I thought it was outside the castle rather yeah. than outside the Guildhall. I think but it was at a place where there was a lot of traffic, so yeah. there would have been the market. The market, there? yeah, yeah. yeah. The and there would have been things to be thrown from yeah, the market, yeah. obviously. So I think that was possibly just as yeah. popular a place. So shall we walk over the bridge and we'll go yeah. into... Shall we? Yes, let's actually trip. go over the bridge. So we're going over the bridge now. Yeah. Here we are. This, this has probably changed very little. The river will have changed very little. The bridge has changed very little. Yeah. I suppose all that would be different is back then you would have been going out into like open land, whereas obviously it's really built up now. It's still This is as much part of Norwich as anywhere else, really, isn't it? But back then you were crossing the line over into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> and there we are, Bishop's Bridge, yeah. 1340. The only surviving medieval bridge in Norwich, Rupert Kett and the Earl of Warwick's troops fought a battle on the approach to the bridge in 1549. So that must have been on this No mention of the heretics. No heretics. I think mentioned. that may be over there. So a great relief... To me, anyway, we've, yeah. <laughs> we've got to Lollard's Pit and we're sat outside in the shade because it's absolutely burning hot, which is probably not the best expression to use when we're in Lollard's Pit, is it? But anyway, maybe we'll start again. Anyway, what, what, we're at the journey's end in, in lots of ways. Yeah, so here at Lollard's, Lollard's Pit, we're in, the, we're in the garden, like Richard says, and this actually would have formed the, the pit. 
where Mary and many others would have ended up. Um, yeah, it was basically just a big old hole in the ground. Um, Why? What was it? Why was there a hole in the ground? Here? So it was it was from chalk quarrying. So I guess they would have used the chalk for building material, and they had left this scar on the land, which was. Um, the, the perfect place to kind of dispose of people and like we were talking about on the bridge it was an area so you're kind of like pushing people out of civil like the civilized area into this kind of no man's land where they're you know that was another form of hum- humiliation they weren't going to be getting a proper christian burial so it's yeah it's another way of stigmatizing them i guess and, and that's what this this hole in the ground would have it's, been yeah kind of the perfect marriage between mm-hmm practicality and symbolism really on the edge of the city a place that was used to quarry chalk which was then used in the building of religious buildings and a really practical place to to store your inverted commas rubbish you know be it literal or be it human um and you know how much more symbolic can it be to walk across the water Mm. and then be at your, the place of your execution. So where we're sitting now, underneath us are so many people who were burnt for not conforming, basically. Yeah, yeah Non-conformists. Line, it? it wasn't all witchcraft. Yeah. It was just people who who didn't have beliefs that the, 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 the powers that would be were happy with. Kind of here we sit, three non-conformists on the, in the place where non-conformists met, met their end. And had we behaved the way we behave today, we'd be underneath here too, wouldn't we? Yeah. You yeah. know, they were our people really, weren't they? Yeah. It was active from the late 14th century. Um, so actually probably not that long after Bishop Bridge was built. So was the bridge built, do you think, perhaps to help move possibly, the, the, I think it possibly from here to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are records of at least 50 people being burned as a heretic um, during the reign of Queen Mary, which was between 1516 and 1558. There had been people before that, and obviously there were people after that. So we, we just, there's no, they didn't keep records of everyone who, who was burned, because why would they keep a record? Only the kind of interesting ones, like witches, you know, and if there's like any high-profile people. One of the things about Salem, although it was written after the events, there was... Um, a really detailed description of you know the the trials and what happened at them and what happened to the people whereas here you know there was nothing you might get two lines to say what actually happened to that person and and in Salem you can kind of get a feel for what the the emotion in the actual trials you know there's the the girls who were like falling all over the place and you know there's obviously a lot of upset people because their grandmother or whoever might have been being up for trial but here we, we just because although there were there were nineteen twenty died in in Salem, mm. one hundred eighty five were accused, weren't yeah, they? So there was a lot I mean, it was more, yeah. you would have there would no way you wouldn't have known somebody who was accused. Yeah. And they weren't all from Salem; they were like somewhere in, in Boston. Um, in fact, I didn't. I, I may have found a reference to Mary Oliver, but I've had to like put that. I need to do a bit more research, but. Oh, there was a reference to somebody in, called Mary Oliver in Boston who was accused of witchcraft that would have the timing would have tied in. So she may have been in Boston for a while. Maybe she'd been kicked out of Salem. She'd been punished in Salem, then so had to move to Boston and came home from Boston. It's kind of very different feel to what happened in Salem to what happened here. Mm. What happened here was long-running 
and possibly less hysterical. I think those kind of Salem trials, whatever reason caused them, whether it was you know hysteria due to repression, whether it was uh, kind of fabricated land grab, but yeah, the ergo poisoning, the infected rye, which can trigger you know convulsions, delusions, vomiting, hallucinations, everything that kind of happened. Here, it was far more established that. You know, you were accused of witchcraft. I doubt the trial was particularly in-depth. No, well, the only thing I would say in defence of... It's not, it's, yeah, it's not really a defence, but we had it a lot better here than they did on, in, like, mainland Europe. It was horrific, really horrific. So people here, actually, the, the judges and the people over, the magistrates, were actually quite good they needed they wanted to see, to see proof it wasn't just like in Salem oh they said so it's true or in on mainland Europe oh they said so it's true it's here they wanted proof so actually the trials were quite thorough and, and if they felt they had truth then they would have moved on but I suppose it depended on like why they if if Mary Oliver was really pro like Roger Williams you know in that kind of freedom there was like almost like an ulterior motive to wanting to get rid of her it wasn't just because she might have bewitched someone or <coughs> cursed someone's cattle it's because she actually had dangerous religious beliefs which they wanted mm. her off so I think that's why people get so excited about these pockets of witch trials so Pendle um, Salem um, Yard, you know Hopkins yeah, yeah. They they kind of almost seem to be far more read about and talked about than something like this, which was actually going on for a long time, centuries, yeah. Yeah. of of kind of punishment, torture, um, and execution. It, people much prefer a witch trial that's very self-contained, very quick, and very very terrifying. Mm. This was obviously terrifying, but in a different kind of way. You know, in a way, far more terrifying because this went on for so long, didn't it? You yeah. know, this was something that was that was a, a constant threat in Norfolk for many centuries. Was this fear that if you, you know, if you were accused of, of bewitching people, property, you know, mainly in Norfolk, it was women who were accused of murdering their children, which presumably the death of children happened all the time. Finding an explanation, the most logical explanation for it, and rather it, than it being some kind of illness or malnutrition or something mm. like that, the most logical explanation yeah. is that the mother has bewitched the child. Yeah. No. I think it's. I, I kind of was slightly depressed to read that normally, certainly in the British cases, it was women accusing other women because it was the only way women had any power yeah. at all. Um, if you kind of invoke the devil and say that Satan's involved or witchcraft is involved, people would listen. Whereas if you just said, you know, she's encroaching on my land and um, I don't like it, then no one would listen because you were a woman. That would kind of make sense with Salem because it was all young girls. And so this was probably the first time they've had any kind of... It's the first time anyone with any power has listened to them and kind of taken them seriously. Yeah. And they wouldn't have seen that before, no. you know, because nobody would have listened to their mothers no. or their grandmothers. So this, all and of a they sudden... they lived like, this horrendously Puritan, dour, boring lifestyle, wouldn't they? Where, where there was no excitement, there was no being treated like you were important yeah. and that you were acting on behalf of God. You would just have been, you know, well, clearing out the slot pails and sewing. Because they were so... Uh, 
at the Salem Witch Museum, they, ha they have this, it's like a presentation, and you go into the room and there's loads of mannequins all around the top. Um, they're from the 70s, so yeah, it is amazing. Um, but one of the things they say in one of the little, when the spotlight goes onto this little family, and it's like the girls basically have nothing to do because the boys would go out and work on the land and do stuff like that. The girls might do needle work or, you know, but there wasn't anything for them to do, so they just got bored. And so this is kind of where they think it stemmed from, is this boredom, and then they started looking into witchcraft, and then it all went wrong. It's a more extreme version, isn't it, of being told a scary story, as they were, by mm -hmm. a slave, yeah. being told a scary story, and in, in our day, then being unable to sleep. Yeah. But instead of that, you suddenly start to kind of see things, you know, that, that we've talked about it before, where you see, where you suddenly see something that's been there the whole time, like a number or, yeah. or something. And then, and then it, first of all, you, you think it's coincidence. Then suddenly you think, oh, my God, I'm being haunted by this. It's that, isn't it? That yeah. they were told these scary stories and then suddenly things started to happen. And yet the person who told the scary stories was, again, a witness, not yeah. a, an accused. So fascinating stories, two, two women with very strong Norfolk connections to Norwich and Great Yarmouth, and for the next edition of the podcast, you're, you have been to Salem. Yeah, so I went to Salem, it was very exciting, um, yeah, and I, um, Jill and Rachel at the Salem Witch Museum were very kind enough to... Uh, agree to have an interview with me. Oh, we'll look forward to that. Yes, I hope you enjoy it. We will. Weird Norfolk. Produced and edited by Richard Fair. The EDP. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.